0: And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep.
1: Then... His disciples came to him and awoke him.
2: Lord save us, we perish.
1: Why are you fearful? For you of little faith.
0: Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host with the most. They are the ones in charge. They are at the chair, and they are at the wheel, and they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Line for episode 512. We're going to be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 34, and then we'll have a summary. And since this is going to be a one-podcast show day today, because of a county assembly meeting I have, We have the plus plus at the end of the title, which means we'll just have a couple other little off topic uh, items that we'll discuss um, that kind of came about today. So anyways, it is Sunday, April 16th, 2023, and I hope everybody's having a good week. And so far, I do apologize when I do these shows a little earlier. um, But as you know, every other week when I do have an assembly meeting or once a month when I have a state meeting, obviously, it'll either be a no show or, you know, a an altered time for the show. Um, you know, this is kind of part of the territory with the, his Hardline podcast, you know, it's not going to be consistent every day for, you know, 365 days a year. It's not going to be the same time and consistently the same time all the time, you know, with somebody like me who works 12 hours a day, five, six days a week, excuse me, 12 hour days, you know, that alone is very demanding. And of course, on top of that, you know, have a family, you know, we, we have to tend to, we have a household we have to tend to you know, assembly business, um, you know, there's just, there's so much that we have to, you know, take care of. And so that might mean not always having consistent times every single day going, you know, for four, five, six, seven, eight months, almost a year straight consistently. Um, So this is kind of one of the reasons why I look forward to hopefully seeing if God will answer these prayers down the road where I could do this full time, because then I can be more consistent, you know, if I'm being, you know, if I'm able to do this for a living, um, where Where I'm home, where I'm doing this, two shows a day, right? And this is why it's so important to share the show. This is why I ask you guys all the time, if you can do me that solid favor, share this with five to ten friends and family members in your list, in your email list, in your phone book, wherever you got to But sharing this show is, by and large, going to be the most important thing going forward you know, if we want to have more consistency with times and shows and quality of content and so on and so forth, not to mention continued education as our assemblies grow, because that's ultimately, you know, going to be a big part of that as well, as well as getting the word of God out. So, so anyway, so without further ado, let's get into the reading. And today I'll be reading and, oh, and you know, just a couple quick, you know, housekeeping things Um, just in case you don't know. I do have a website. It's www.hishardline.com, www.hishardline.com. I do have a give, send, go set up over there. If you feel compelled to you know, contribute, otherwise you could also do pod points here, whatever you want. But like I said, my biggest favor, I ask all of you, share the show, share the podcast, get people to come over here and subscribe and start listening and learning about the assemblies because by and large, that's the biggest thing here. Those are the two biggest things is we want Jesus in people's hearts, and we need our assembly of states so we can return our republic and get the power back into the people and return back to self-governing, like we've always should have been. You know, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that we need to convey to the general public at large. So um, let me get my little public disclaimer. As I always state periodically on this podcast, I'm not a doctor, I don't wear a white coat, I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar. And I'm not a member of the bar. I'm not a lawyer, so don't take your legal advice from me. And I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man. And the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go. It's my little disclaimer for you today. Okay, so we're going to be reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition that is preferably my main favorite, Uh, for a while there I was doing New King James Version, but I read or heard somewhere that New King James Version, the New King James, not the original, but the New King James Version and the New International Version are pretty watered down and not really good versions to read from, particularly, you know, those two. Um, I was trying to read from the Geneva, you know, 1599 Geneva Bible, but because of the abundance of Old English in there, that was tongue-tying me up, and Quite frankly, I wasn't really comprehending what I was reading because I was too busy trying to pronounce words. So um, that's one of the reasons why I'm not going to the King James Version, because I don't want to have the same issues reading that. So I'm going to stick with what I know, with what my favorite is, the New American Bible Revised Edition, N-A-B-R-E. That's my favorite. So chapter 34. Now, this is uh, we got 31 verses, and this is talking about the rape of Dinah. And so Dinah, starting with verse one, Dinah, the daughter whom Leah had born to Jacob, went out to visit some of the women of the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the leader of the region, saw her, he seized her and lay with her by force. He was strongly attracted to Dinah daughter of Jacob, and was in love with the young woman. So he spoke affectionately to her, and Shechem said to his father, Hamor, get me this young woman for a wife. Meanwhile, Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, but since his sons were out in the field with his livestock, Jacob Jacob kept quiet until they came home. Now Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to discuss the matter with Jacob just as jacob's sons were coming in from the field now when they had heard the news the men were indignant and extremely angry shechem had committed an outrage in israel by lying with jacob's daughter such a thing is not done hamor appealed to them saying my son shechem has his heart set on your daughter please give her to him as a wife intermarry with us Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves. Thus you can live among us. The land is open before you. Settle and move about freely in it, and acquire holdings here. Then Shechem appealed to Dinah's father and brothers. Do me this favor, and whatever you ask from me I will give. No matter how high you set the bridal price and gift, I will give you whatever you ask from me. Only give me the young woman as a wife." Now, here we get into the revenge of Jacob's sons, rightfully so. I would you know, be pretty irritated and upset at myself. Now, Jacob's sons replied to Shechem and his father Hamor with guile, speaking as they did because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, we are not able to do this thing, to give our sister to an uncircumcised man, for that would be a disgrace for us. Only on this condition we will we agree to that, that you become like us by having every male among you circumcised. Then we will give you our daughters and take your daughters in marriage. We will settle among you and become one people. But if you do not listen to us and be circumcised, we will take our daughter and go. Their proposal, excuse me, their proposal pleased Amor and his son Shechem. The young man lost no time in acting on the proposal since he wanted Jacob's daughter. Now he was more highly regarded than anyone else in the father's household. So Amor and his son Shechem went to the gate of their city and said to the men of the city, These men are friendly toward us. Let them settle in the land and move about in it freely. There is ample room in the land for them. We can take their daughters in marriage and give our daughters to them. But only on this condition will the men agree to live with us and form one people with us, that every male among us be circumcised as they themselves are. Would not their livestock, their property, and all their animals then be ours? Let us just agree with them so that they will settle among us. All who went out of the gate of the city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem, and all the males and all those went out of the gate of the city were circumcised. On the third day, While they were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, brothers of Dinah, each took his sword, advanced against the unsuspending city and massacred all the males. Now, after they had killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the sword, they took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. Then the other sons of Jacob followed up the slaughter and sacked the city because their sister had been defiled they took their sheep, cattle, donkeys, whatever was in the city and in the surrounding country. They carried off all their wealth, their children, and their women and looted whatever was in the house. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble among me by making me repugnant to the inhabitants of the land. The Canaanites and the Perizzites, I have so few men that if these people unite against me and attack me, I and my my household will be wiped out. But they retorted, should our sister be treated like a prostitute? And that is the reading of Genesis chapter 34, verses 1 through 31. Ooh, I'll tell you what, that was quite the story. That was quite the story. So, click I'm clicking on the wrong window here of course so Jacob and his family have settled within sight of the city of Shechem and they purchased the land that they occupy outside of the city from the city's ruler Hamor now these israelites and i use that word in quotes these israelites air quotes have found a home now eventually though things go terribly wrong between the shechemites and jacob's family one day when jacob's daughter dinah like i said was you know gone out out of the city to go socialize with other women of shechem and then hamor's son also called shechem sees dinah and he grabs her and ends up doing a very very bad dirty deed to her forcefully Now, of course, the language of the text makes it very clear that this was not seduction, this was not consensual. There's only one other option that this leads to. And so then, perversely, he decides that he loves her, which I tell you, that's a very bold thing to all of a sudden act on, and wants her for his wife. Good luck. So he demands that his father, Hamor, make that happen. Now, this ignites a series of devastating events. Now, first, Jacob learns of the rape, but takes no immediate action. So instead, he waits for his now-grown sons to return from the fields where they were working. Good call. Because that's probably what I'd do, too. Now, as soon as news reaches them, Jacob's sons are livid. In their fury, they express that such a thing must not be done in Israel. And this is the first time that Jacob's new God-given name is used in reference to a distinct group of people. Now Amor and Shechem arrive and begin to try to negotiate for Dinah to be Shechem's wife. Now it's not clear if Amor and Shechem know that Jacob and Dinah's brothers know about the rape. Now if they do, they don't express any remorse. Rather. What they do is everything from these two men is framed in terms in terms of material wealth. So Hamor suggests Jacob's family and the people of the city intermarry. So this would make them a, you know, a single prosperous people. And his son Shechem, though, wants to focus on Dinah. He tells Jacob and his sons to name any bride price to allow him to marry her. So we're told nothing of Jacob's response at this point. So in fact, though, scripture records nothing from him until the aftermath has become bloody. So instead, his sons seem to take over the negotiation, now likely led by Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers by Leah. Now their response shows that they have learned from their father's examples. They hatch a deceitful scheme to take their revenge on Shechem. So Jacob's sons claim Dinah may marry Shechem and that all their family may intermarry with the people of the city, like we read, but they established one condition that all the men of Shechem would have to be circumcised as the men of Jacob's family were as well. And this is the ritual removal of the foreskin, of course, from the, you know, where so performed on an adult, it's, you know, pretty painful. That's why they do it when, you know, male, uh, male babies are, you know, little, little babies, you know? So, If the men of Shechem won't be circumcised, then they threaten to take their sister and possibly by force and then leave the area. Now, surprisingly, Hamor and Shechem immediately agree to this one condition. So Shechem wants to have Dinah for his wife very badly, and this passage pretty much indicates that he has very little self-control. I mean, it's pretty evident. He would pretty much go to all ends of the earth for this woman. So his father seems focused on the financial opportunity presented by intermarrying with Jacob's family. And so this would mean keeping his impulsive son safe from the consequence of his own actions. Now together, they gather all the men of the city and make their pitch. Now, if we all get circumcised, we will all end up much wealthier, is what he says, right? They do not directly mention the, you know, the R-A-P-E, I hate using that word, or Shechem's desire to marry Dinah. So the men of Shechem agree and undergo the ritual surgery. Now, in this era, before modern pain management and Tylenol and, you know, ibuprofen and whatever else they had to, you know, wipe away pain, you know, adult circumcision was very, very painful, and and in a lot of cases, debilitating. Now, while the site was healing, a circumcised man could expect to be very, very sore and restricted in his movement, understandably so. Jacob's son, or sons, recounted on that when forming their revenge plot. Now, while the men of the city are now handicapped at this point temporarily, Levi and Simeon lead an assault on the city, slaughtering all the adult males. They also retrieve Dinah, they kill Hamor and Shechem. Next, the rest of Jacob's sons enter the city to gather up all the Shechemites, livestock, money, possessions, wives, and children. Now, Jacob reappears in a narrative, quite angry at this point, might I add. But his response makes no mention of Dinah's abuse or the brutal trickery of his sons. Rather, he condemns Levi and Simeon for ruining his reputation with the other Canaanite people. Ever fearful, Jacob sees himself now exposed to attack from the people of the land. And Levi and Simeon answer with a pointed, accusing question. Should we have allowed our sister be treated like a prostitute? So as it turns out, the response of the surrounding people will not be anger, but fear, at least from now until the time Jacob's family moves into Egypt, and then the Canaanites will treat Israel with extreme caution. And so that's, uh, that is the summary uh, from BibleRef.com. Again, that would be Genesis chapter 34 on BibleRef.com. Well, i tell you what, boy i mean i don't blame the brothers for doing what they did i mean especially in a time like that back then
1: Mm-mm.
0: Mm-mm. and you know that just you know yeah i don't know i i don't know what i would do but i guess you know i guess i don't blame them for for their for the revenge uh to some degree you know because again you're gonna let you know especially especially the goal of these people after Shechem does what he does and then he he demands his father to go get this woman that he violated forcefully and says hey go 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 talk to the family i want to make this woman my wife are you kidding me you got a lot there's something mentally wrong in your head to 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 do something like that even back then even back then that was mm mm I have no words for that, but anyways, but so anyway, but that's the that's the reading of Genesis chapter 34 and the summary is from bibleref.com Again, it's bibleref.com So we're going to close this portion of the show out and then what we're going to do I'm going to take a little sip of water real quick so I will be right back. let me just play a little just you know kind of intermission sound effects, music, whatever I'm going to take a sip of water and we'll be right back to talk about other couple other items here. and Leslie Liberty. Like I said, I know it's going to be a little little limited here as far as the crowd goes, just for the fact that, like I said, whenever I change up a time for a live broadcast from my normal regular time, which is typically 7 p.m. on most days, uh, unless I have, you know, something that occurs or something unexpected happens or I have an assembly meeting of some sort, county or state, then those are the days that, you know, it gets switched up. So, but anyway, so I want to say, Hello to my wife and Donnie and Rietta and Leslie Liberty. I see Rietta is saying that they just got out of church. That's right. Cause you guys are in California time. So let's see here as we approach what four o'clock. So that would make it what noon. So what you guys had church at 11, if I'm not mistaken correctly, she says, we are eating in the car in and out. Yummy is in and out a ten thirty AM. Is it an hour, or an hour and a half long uh, service? I'm curious because I know some services can go like an hour and a half. Um, Especially if you've got a preacher that likes to talk a lot. Wow, an hour and a half. Good gracious. I thought Catholic Mass was long, but man, an hour and a half. Holy smokes. But, uh, well, you say you wish it was more. Well, you got out of church and then you got to hear a little bit of Genesis. So you did get a little bit more technically. So there you go. (laughs) So anyway, that's cool. I'm glad you love your service. That is really cool. So um, a few things I was going to cover here, because like I said, um, Jack Hibbs, Calvary Chapel and Chino Hills. I have to check that out. I'm curious. I'll have to check out that that church online. Um, So, like I said, this is only going to be a one show uh, podcast today uh, because we have a county meeting at 630. Um, a few things I wanted to play. So really don't have any real agenda based on what i'm going to talk about here and what i'm going to play but a few things all right and and this is kind of one of the reasons i'm i'm kind of going to kind of pull this you know full circle here at the end of all this but let me play a few audio pieces here's one talking about jeffrey epstein here and just give this a listen and we'll discuss it in
3: 1974 jeffrey epstein started working as a science and mathematics teacher for the dalton school the thing is, Jeffrey Epstein dropped out of school himself, so therefore he didn't have a degree to actually teach at this school. And obviously he had a connection to get him in. Donald Barr was the headmaster at the Dalton School and he retired three months before Jeffrey Epstein was hired. A year prior, in 1973, Barr published a book called Space Relations, which is a science fiction novel about a planet ruled by oligarchs who engage in child sex slavery. And it's been noted that the plot of the novel anticipates the crimes of Epstein and Maxwell. And you can literally still find the book on Amazon today. If you go and read about the history of Donald Barr, you'll see that the man was extremely smart, and you'll also recognize that he was an OSS agent during World War II. He's the father of William Barr, who is the Attorney General for George H.W. Bush and Donald Trump. And he's the father of Stephen Barr, who's the president of the Society of Catholic Scientists. And in 1983, President Ronald Reagan nominated Donald Barr to be a member of the National Council on Educational Research. So you can see all these people go way back. And in some way,
0: shape or form, they're all tied to epi. Yeah in some way shape or form they're all tied to epstein you see how closely tied a lot of these deep state little crooked you know evil demon you know luciferians you see how closely tied they are these people in dc people in hollywood there's so many people tied to epstein why do you think they want after him to kill him because they knew he knew too much now some would argue oh he's not dead he's alive they just took him out of his jail cell I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, after listening to Mike Gill, who's been talking about the Pandora Papers and all the corruption that's been going on up there in New Hampshire and everything that's going on with, you know, Sununu and just how everything is tied together and how new Hampshire is kind of like little Ukraine. I mean, that's where all the, you know, the money laundering and you know, a lot of the funding for these bio labs and child sex slavery and all this other stuff, you know, that's like the hub of, of, of where it all goes on, you know, goes on here in the U S why do you think Maxwell bought a house there comfortably in the state of new Hampshire? She felt like she was protected there. She felt like she was protected there. Again, New Hampshire is like little Ukraine. And it just cracks me up when I drive around in my semi making deliveries and I see the Ukraine flag flying at some of these, you know, some of the residences at some of these people's houses. I just, I shake my head in disgust and think to myself, you ignorant, ignorant, sorry ass fools. Go move to Ukraine then. You go let me know how that works out. Rietta was saying Mike Gill is a blessing exposing so much. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about reaching out to him on Twitter because I was asking Paul here in Michigan. Um, he seems to know a lot about certain people. And I was asking him, like, is Mike Gill legitimate? Like, you know, because you know how it goes. You know how evil works, ladies and gentlemen. You know, they give you 90% truth just to slide in 10%, you know, deceit, lies. And we had a private conversation. He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I I believe to be. If it's the same Mike Gill that I think it is, he goes, yeah, he's legit. So I was thinking about reaching out to Mike Gill on Twitter because I follow him on Twitter. Someone who follows uh, someone who's somewhat related to him, not related like family wise, but related in the sense of like uh, socially, I guess who communicates with them? It's a weird screen name, but they follow him and communicate with him. And that individual started following me. And I don't got a lot of followers on Twitter, like five. I only use Twitter just as an informational gathering spot, not really so much as a, hey, let me put out my podcast stuff and hopefully I can gain like 30 million followers. Like, That's not why I have Twitter. But I am on Twitter if you decide to want to follow me. I don't do a whole lot there because, again, I gather information over there. Um, and to see what, you know, Elon Musk is saying and specific characters over there. But I was thinking about reaching out to Mike Gill over there on Twitter to see if I could somehow get on the show because he's trying to get this message out and it's information to get it to go viral. He doesn't care what podcast he goes on little or large. It seems like he's been going on so many of them. Destry was just saying right here. God told us to step on the scorpions and vipers got my boots on. That's right. I got my boots on too. And that's why I actually plan on wearing my boots when I go, uh, Go to my meeting because you never know what you're going to encounter. Rietta says, amen, Desri. <laughs> and Rietta says, yeah, it would be a good interview. If you got Mike Gill, it would be, it would, it, it really would be. I hope, uh, I hope I can maybe work that out again. Uh, no promises, you know, because um again, just we'll see you know everything i guess in god's uh timing and his appointment but like i said i am going to make the attempt i'm going to reach out to him on twitter and see where it goes i don't know maybe he will maybe he will not he won't i don't know so um so i wanted to play that video just to kind of demonstrate just exactly how deep and widespread this network of sicko pedo luciferian child sacrificing you know creeps how deep and far wide spreading that this web goes. This is one of the reasons, ladies and gentlemen, among many reasons for that matter. OK, but this is one of the sub reasons, I should say, why we need to assemble, why we need to get our states assembled and settled and our counties and our grand juries all situated because people like this that have been related and and affiliated with Epstein and Maxwell and all their dirty deeds and crimes against the people and crimes against this country, we're going to need to have a lot of grand juries and petite juries in panel to take these suckers down. If you want to know more about the National Assembly, it's national-assembly.net. Next thing I want to play, and again, I try not to cover too much stuff in the de facto because, again, a lot of times it's noise. Um, In fact, no, I'm not even going to play that because it's a four-minute and 21-second video, and I don't really feel like listening to this guy. Basically, what it was is, you know, I'm sure you guys already heard about it. It's kind of old news, but, you know, still kind of relevant. I'll just read the subheading here. Uh, It says new whistleblower comes forward against Biden crime family. He was uh, the white house stenographer under the Obama administration. And he actually claims that he has evidence to put Joe Biden in jail or at the very least get him quote unquote impeached, you know, from his fake, you know, position, because, you know, we all know that Biden's not the real president, just FYI. But he says, and I quote, Joe Biden is a criminal. That's the bottom line. And I've got the evidence and, If they put me in front of a grand jury that's right now seated in Wilmington with Special Prosecutor David Weiss, my testimony becomes the evidence that will put him in jail or at least lead to his impeachment. Yep. Drip, 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 and later on will be the tsunami. Now listen to this now. So Chase Bank CEO proposes property confiscation as a measure to combat, quote-unquote, climate change. Now, listen to this. All right. Now, Jamie Dimon basically said that, you know, the insiders, meaning, you know, the big bankers and, you know, nonprofits and corporations, the insiders should be free, not just to, you know, not just through government, but through their businesses and nonprofits, not for profits to be able to seize and confiscate your property. Listen to this crap.
2: So Jamie Dimon, apparently in his latest letter to shareholders said that, um, it was going to be necessary for for governments and businesses. And are you ready for this? Not for profits to be able to invoke eminent domain to get the adequate. He called it investments fast enough for for solar grid and other renewable energy investments. Now, what does this mean? What he's saying is that the insider should be free not just through government but through their businesses and not-for-profits to be able to seize and confiscate your property and i assure you when they come to do that it will not be at market price so they're talking about you know it's if you listen to the world economic forum it's twenty you're happy and you have no assets this is yet another avenue by which they take your assets and so we have the the head of the largest bank and the biggest one of the biggest banks behind the new york fed who is by the way, missing 21 trillion of your money. I mean, they've, they've already confiscated 21 trillion of your money or helped to do so. And now they're saying they're going to come take your property.
0: Yeah. They're going to come take your property. Are you going to let that happen? This is what, this is what these bankers are saying. This is what Jamie diamond is saying over there at chase. You see these people are crooks. They're all intertwined together. They probably all fondled the same, you know, Kids together. They all probably partied at the same parties together with Epstein on his little pedal island, you know. These are the people that run these big corporations. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna see a big fall of these big banks. You're gonna see a big fall of a lot of big corporations, like Anheuser-Busch, which, by the way, kind of reminds me. Let's get to this. So this is interesting. So speaking of Anheuser-Busch. Did you know, did you know that Anheuser-Busch's CEO was a former CIA recruitment specialist? Did you guys know that?
1: hmm He was a former CIA recruitment specialist. How rude. I know.
0: Very rude. It says fans of the second best-selling beer, which is amazing considering Bud Light doesn't really taste that good, but you know, they do have a lot of brands under the Anheuser-Busch brand, I guess. But fans of the second best-selling beer brand in the world has been scratching, you know, have been scratching their heads about the decision to bring on transgender TikToker Dylan Mulvaney as a brand ambassador of sorts, and the Gateway Pundit has reported extensively on this. And from Bud Light doubling down with a second endorsement featuring Mulvaney to the five billion dollar hit that the brand took as a result of the controversial, you know, controversial endorsement. I'm not going to continue to read this whole thing, but <clears throat> this is very interesting. But now people are saying that you know, now with um, in a now scrubbed LinkedIn profile, the CEO had listed. That he, you know, operations officer, counterterrorism center, clandestine service as a past occupation from 2001 to 2006. And he listed DC, Pakistan, Tunisia, and Iraq as locations. Very interesting. That's the Anheuser-Busch CEO. Yeah. You know, the same CIA that runs Hollywood and. You know, has Operation Mockingbird, which is pretty much behind all media, all news media, which pretty much feeds fake propaganda to you. You know, that same CIA. You know, the CIA that actually traffics children worldwide, they're part of the trafficking. Yeah, that same CIA. Again, probably heavily related socially with Epstein and Maxwell. Yeah, that same CIA. Again, do you see how all this big web of nonsense BS connects together? Speaking of pedophile freaks, and the world's probably a better place without them, but former Planned Parenthood staffer commits suicide. Now, I'm not an advocate for this, but you know what? This is what the headline says on Fox: Former Planned Parenthood staffer commits suicide after police raid, child pornography charges hit. Yeah, says the story discusses suicide. Um, let's see. So, of course, it says if you were someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, I feel incumbent upon myself to put this out there because I was somebody who found somebody who did commit suicide. There is a suicide and crisis crisis lifeline at. Um, nine eight eight, or one 273 talk. That's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Again, if you need a suicide or crisis lifeline, it's one 8255 But it goes on to say that a thirty-six-year-old former Planned Parenthood employee took his own life last week. Police said just five days after authorities raided his home in connection with child pornography investigation. Tim Uruguay, Uruguay or whatever, however he pronounce his last name, had previously worked as a strategic communications director for Planned Parenthood uh, Southern New England branch. Now, while police have not specifically named Uruguay as the suspect in their child pornography investigation, local media has confirmed that he was intended target of a botched police raid on April 6th. The person who died was definitely the suspect in a child pornography investigation and person who committed suicide, and New Haven Police Chief Carl Jacobson told the New Haven Registrar. The New Haven Police Special Victims Unit conducted a raid on what it thought was Uruguay's residence five days prior to Uruguay's Tuesday suicide, but instead broke down the door of his upstairs neighbor. Whoops! Talk about getting the wrong intel. Stacy Wezen, uh, uh which is his neighbor. Uh police handcuffed Wesenter and questioned her about Uruguay's whereabouts before seeing her young son's toys around the apartment and realizing their mistake. Oops I smell a I smell a uh a lawsuit there from her to that police department. Mm-mm mm 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 mmm Dester is just saying right here in the chat. We know someone else who worked for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yes, we do. I'm glad you brought that up because you beat me to it. You know, you guys remember David Strait and Bobby Lawrence, you know, part of the state nationals, right? Remember that? The state nationals? You remember, right? Bonnie Strait, you know, Bonnie and David, the ones that were, you know, got put in jail last week. I think now they're out, maybe. I don't know about Bonnie, but I know David's out on bond. Well, you know, they have someone that's very closely affiliated with them that helped them learn about the state national stuff, which again is a fraud and will get you in jail or killed if you're like that kid rolling around with a fake license plate out in Utah and then having a gun battle basically with the police and ended up dying at the age of 25. Um, what was her name? Let's um, see. Ah, Anna Von Reitz, AVR. That's right. And you can listen to more about her. I talk about her in great detail. You can go to hishardline.com and uh, I have some special podcasts on the blood oath that she swore, an oath to, with the Jesuits. And, uh, yeah, you can learn a little bit about her. In fact, you can actually look up her criminal record, as well as her husband's, and see the sick freaks that they are. I believe her husband, if I'm not mistaken, got arrested for uh diddling kids, I think. I can't remember the exact charge, but he does, he is on a sex offender list. That's right. Yeah, he he yeah, her pedo convicted husband as Destry says. Yes. And yet people want to be involved with the state nationals and have somebody at the helm or one of the top people at the helm who work for Planned Parenthood, really? But yet these people claim they follow God and they're Christians and this and that. But yet, they have Planned Parenthood as a place that they worked for on their resume.
1: That's astounding to me. It's astounding. Just astounding.
0: There's a lot of work to be done, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, the background check is a Fed background check. It's not just some random crap. It it, it costs a lot of money from my understanding for this background check. Okay. This is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with people. This is the kind of thing that we're trying to fight
1: against. This is why we need to assemble.
0: Jason, you always keep talking about assembling. Not everything's about assembling. Actually, it is. Let me tell you why before I close this out. Our country
1: has been... I don't want to say it.
0: Our country has been handed over to a bunch of tyrannical, satanic, Luciferian sick pedophile freaks
1: bankers bar lawyers
0: elite corporation owners people who advocate for the one world government new world order as george bush senior said one time on tv a new world order and when we are successful and we will be you remember that video i know you guys remember that video it was creepy You know, the same George Bush that was also part of the CIA, by the way, guys, which I believe is also probably one of the ones predominantly responsible for JFK's assassination, which I'm still waiting for more information to come out on JFK's assassination. Leslie Liberty says, "Just read WEF World Economic Forum wants to ration water to us peasants. Well, they can try that all they want. It's I like to see a small group of people try to ration water for billions of people around the world. They say this, but you know, quite frankly, it's just noise. I don't take anything that these people say for face value. Yes, they're you know they're psychopathic criminals. I do believe they mean." Every bit of intention on harming us, there's no doubt about that. But you know, how are they really going to ration the world's water to us? I mean, really, I mean it's it's so stupid. When we the people finally realize just exactly who we are, the numbers we hold, and exactly the authority we have, and by whom we have it from, nothing can stop us. Why do you think assembling so important, folks?
1: It's not really.
0: A choice. Well, I guess it kind of can be. I mean, do you want to just still sit there and, and 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 endure suffering because it's easier than than writing the suffering, the suffrage, whatever? I mean, you know what I mean. It, what would you rather do? Sit there and keep suffering at the hands of the minority, like these dipsticks at the WEF and you know the Gates Foundation, like Duster is saying. Gates talking about how they can reduce population if they are good enough with vaccines. And believe me, they've created a pretty decent dent, and yet nobody bats an eyelash at it. They, they act like one of the biggest crimes in humanity didn't exist. I mean, I think if, if, if this number is true, and I believe it to be true, considering the billions we have on earth here, that over 7 million since this whole COVID scam started has passed away. Those are extraordinary numbers. And those people have to pay. Well, Jason, how are we going to pay? How are they how are we going to make them pay? Okay. I want you to put your ear real close to the speaker or your earbuds or wherever you're listening to this audio. I'm not going to yell in the mic, but I want you to listen very, very closely. Are you, are you listening? Because this is what I'm going to tell you. This is how we make these people pay you gather a bunch of people together, people you know that are God-loving, God-fearing patriots who love this country, who love God, who love their families, who love humanity, mankind, excuse me, mankind. You assemble your states with minimum 30 to 35 people, more if you can, but you need a minimum of 30 to 35 people we need 38 states minimum, but we we will get all 50 states. Then we assemble our counties and settle our counties because then we will have a ton of people to impanel for our grand juries and our petite juries so then we can unseal all these indictments. We get back to common law, ladies and gentlemen, a quick and speedy trial. So it's not like one trial or whatever will take three years like the de facto does. And guess what? A jury of 12 under common law has more power than the president, military and Congress put together. We do the indictments. We do the investigations. We look at all the facts and if there's a law. That doesn't make sense or it's incomprehensible. Guess what? The jury of 12 under common law can actually throw that law out. Did you know that? I don't think you knew that. But yet, everybody wants to go around crying. Well, what are we going to do, Jason? All these people are doing all these unspeakable things to these children. Save the children. They're putting mRNA in our food. They're vaxxing us. They're killing us. What are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Get the hell out of here. Get in your state, get your people together, and start assembling. Patriots assemble. Why do you think I say that at the entrance uh, of the in- int- int- introductory of my show? Patriots assemble. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Because I did it with more bravado and a little bit of effect. What did I say? Ah, uh, Patriots, Patriots assemble. I hope I didn't blow your eardrum out. And in case I didn't, Patriots assemble. Stop crying and stop freaking shifting blame and stop trying to act like you don't want to do anything about it except complain. Be the one who comes up with the solution. Be part of the solution. Seriously, because I'm tired of these people that just want to be like, you know, they want to hyperventilate, but yet they don't want to, you know, they're all talking, no action. What's that, old te- what's that old saying in Texas, all, all, ca- all hat and no, no cattle? This is how we got in the problems that we got to begin with. This is how we fell, fell to the mess that we've you know, fallen to. We decided to acquiesce and give up our rights ignorantly and stupidly. And, of course, there was some levels of deception, I will say that but literally we, we allowed DC to run our lives and we're just riding on their coattails. Meanwhile, they're getting rich. They're doing all these things that are unspeakable to children. Yes. I'm not diminishing that, that issue, but let's be real. If you read your Bible all the way back in the old Testament, this crap's been going on for so long. This is an unspeakable evil that's been going on for thousands of years, but yet people want to act like this has only been going on for the last 20. Get your head out of the damn sand. This crap has been going on for thousands of years. And it's time to put an end to it. So stop your belly aching. Stop the excuses. Stop coming up with these lame-ass freaking, you know, reasons why this, why that, whatever. We already know what they're doing. Yes, they're poisoning the food. Yes, they're spraying chemtrails on us. Yes, they're spraying, you know, they're, they're, they're destroying our water. Yes, they freaking shut down the world back in 2020. The whole entire world. Yes, I know what they're doing. I understand it. I think more people are understanding and awakening to it. But here's the thing. What are you going to do about it? National-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net net. No, it's not a website where you go shopping. No, it's not a website where you sign up a service. No, it's not a website that's begging for donations. No, it's not a website where you scroll endlessly on a feed. I mean, you could scroll endlessly in the forums and learn a lot of information. You can join the National Assembly conference call every thursday evening at 9 p.m eastern time you can email me at his at gmail.com at which point i will respond to you and add destry to the email you just need to put your state in the subject line and your basic information and i'm not talking your social security any of that nonsense just your first last name a phone number and say hey i'm in this state if you want to put down a county great that would help too And we'll get you in contact with somebody in your state to help you get involved with the assembly. But understand this, ladies and gentlemen, we don't fix these problems and get rid of the de facto and get rid of these pedophile freaks and these scumbags around the world until we assemble our states and our counties. Make no mistake. Destry was just saying in the age where people come and go across the land and having instant communications around the world, knowledge is instant. There is no excuse. Exactly. How do you think these people did it back in the 17, 1600s? They didn't have internet, but yet somehow they made a way to make it work. How? Snail mail and by horse
1: and by ship.
0: I don't want to, I don't want to look over Leslie Liberty's comment. She says, yes, I do know that, but getting people on board is not as easy. as It sounds that I understand. She says, I have been telling many about this for over a year. One friend joined, but doesn't have the time to attend any meetings. You can lead a horse to water, dot, dot, dot. And you know, Leslie Liberty, first off, I salute you and tip my hat to you. Because you just keep talking and you keep spreading the information. It's like Destry said, find the one that will bring the many. Let me share this story with you in case I haven't before. And then I'm going to close it out in prayer. The reason I'm here is because of a friend of mine by the name of Shane. He works for a different fuel uh, uh a trucking company that hauls fuel for their own stations. We were loading up in the rack together and we talked across the lanes and as we were loading, and he says, hey, you ever heard of the National Assembly? I'm like, the what? Yeah, the National Assembly. You ever heard of it? Nope. What is it? And he began to explain it in his own way. He gave me a phone number to somebody in Grand Rapids. I started attending the uh, introductory to assembly meetings just to kind of learn about it, right, for newbies who don't know about it. It's kind of equivalent uh, to the calls, the three-phase calls that uh, Lisa does down in Georgia. Probably better, though, because that actually has a good system in place. Um, and so that's how I started getting... To learn about the National Assembly. And then I vetted the National Assembly and the Michigan General General Assembly um, for about, I don't know, four or five months before I actually decided to pull the trigger and join. And that was on the county level. That was October of 2021. Then I joined on the state level in March of 2022. Because, again, I was still learning. I was still reading. I was still trying to figure out, okay, is this legit? Okay, well, what happened in 2022 as well? February of 2022, for that matter. What happened in February of 2022? Oh, that's right. God pressed me in my heart to start this podcast. Now, I, I know I'm no Joe Rogan or, you know, Dan Bongino or any of those big personalities with millions of followers, maybe one day. But you know what? I've gained a solid little base here of listeners and subscribers and people sharing the show. And you know what? I know that this little platform here, this little slice of the internet here has yielded many new members in many states. Now, where am I going at with this? I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Here's my point. My buddy Shane is not active He's still a member, but he's not active in his county. He found the one, meaning me, that ended up being pressed by God to start this podcast that ended up finding many more, not just in my own state, but in other in other states. So my point that I'm trying to make to you all here is you might go through a thousand people Actually, it's kind of unrealistic. You might reach, you might go through a hundred people. One might say yes. Two, if you're lucky, if it's a husband and wife that have a real passion for this and they're empty nesters, they don't have any kids, but yet they have a love for country and they want to make sure their grandchildren grow up in a world that they can leave better after they, you know, are dead and gone. Out of a hundred people, you might get one or two. But you never know if that one or two is going to be the one that happens to be well-connected to hundreds or thousands more because of past careers or present career, you don't know who, who's connected to who. So stay consistent, keep talking to people, keep bringing this up in conversation because you never know whose heart God is going to move to start to want to be involved with something like this, which is ultimately the only solution to getting our country back. One last comment I'll read here, and then we'll close it out in prayer. Destry was just saying, someone labeled me, quote, the father of the assembly, end quote, a couple months ago. And he says, no, I am not. I am just lucky enough to learn what I was able to and use it. So you got to remember folks, the assembly, there's no one man or woman that's in charge of it all. Not like they try to, you know, tout over there at the state national fraud crap that gets you killed in jail. Everybody's on equal footing over here. The only difference between one man or woman to the next man or woman is. How much knowledge base are you willing to read and comprehend and apply? Destry happens to be an individual who has read and applied a lot of information. Does that make him the ringleader of the whole thing? No. He just happens to have learned a lot of this stuff, applied what he has learned, and, oh, I don't know, maybe owned the experience, if anything, but he doesn't own the assembly. He owns the experience, though. So maybe he might be somebody you might want to, oh, I don't know, maybe give a listen to. Just saying. Let's close us out in prayer as we reach an hour. It's a good, good, solid show. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, for this weekend. I appreciate this platform to get your good word out there and the information and education about the assembly so we can hopefully restore our republic. We ask for your favor and guide us each and every step of the way. We know that there are a lot of bad hombres out there that need to be taken down and we need to keep remembering that vengeance is yours and it's not for us and our taking. We understand that. But Father, we do ask that millstones and lots of them will be at the ready for a lot of these people who have committed crimes against the little ones and really ultimately committed crimes against people in general guide our every thought guide our every word and our action let them be in alignment with what you have in store for this world and for your divine plan show us the way and we will follow it thank you for another day of life and good health and we pray for special intentions for those out there who are trying to conceive a baby and you know and, and, and for those that are pregnant, congratulations. We thank you for blessing these mothers with the gift of pregnancy. And we pray that the mothers that are trying, that you may bless them as well, including my wife especially. We pray for good health and healing for those that are dealing with different ailments like seizures or wounded knees or maybe somebody that may have had a surgery or they're dealing with an illness or just a common cold. We we ask that you provide healing, and we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. You know, on that little note, you know, I feel bad because, you know, my wife was saying, made a comment yesterday, and it had me thinking today, too. You know, because we've been trying to, you know, have a second child, well, technically third, I guess, because we had she's had one, you know, kind of almost that second term, you know, or second trimester that we ended up burying at the cemetery just up the road. But been having trying to have another child. And we were sitting talking out in the front yard and, you know. And you could tell she was in a funk and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but, you know, she makes a good point. You know, she was saying, you know, it just sucks when you have so many people out there, these evil, evil people that go out and they get drunk, they get high, they party it up, they, they use their body, you know, they, they use their body, you know, they let people use their body like the, an amusement park and they get pregnant so easy. So easy and effortlessly in a lot of cases. And yet they go and they go to these abortion clinics and they sacrifice their babies to Moloch and Balaam and whatever these doctors do in there. And they just kill these poor, innocent little babies and just suck them right out of this place that should have been the safest, safest place in the world, which is a mother's womb and just sucks them right out. And she goes, and here I am trying like heck to have a baby doing everything right, trying to eat the right foods, taking the right supplements, limiting my movement so I'm not putting my body under undue stress to create the safest possible environment for a baby. But yet these people go out and use their body like an amusement park, pregnant willy-nilly, and then they just, a few weeks later, suck it right out. It's like, it's not fair, and it really isn't, it sucks. I appreciate your prayer, Rietta, for that. Thank you. Because we would love nothing more than to have another little bundle of joy around here. That'd be great. I will say this. Twins do run strong on both my side of the family and my wife's side of the family. How crazy would that be? My buddy at work is praying for for us to have twins. (laughs) Me, I cringe at the idea, but I think it would be cool at the same time too. But boy, oh boy, would that be crazy. I'd have to get a minivan at that point. My wife refuses to get a minivan. (laughs) I would sport the minivan. I'd be that soccer dad all day long. You betcha. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have an excellent day wherever you're at in the world. (laughs) Destry's like, you could end up with six to eight if you're not careful. (laughs) has happened you watch your mouth you better watch your mouth i swear six or eight babies pops out like like uh what is that that one show so and so and kate plus eight dude i would have i'd probably have a heart attack i probably would i'd be like oh my gosh we we just outgrew our house instantly overnight (laughs) all right guys I hope you all have a great day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And we will be back here. Let's see. Tomorrow is what? Monday? Yeah, we'll be back here uh, at 7 p.m. All right. I hope you all have a great day or night, wherever you're at in the world. God bless. And we'll see you tomorrow. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea. So that the boat covered with the waves. But he was asleep
2: then his disciples came to him and awoke him Lord, save us we perish
1: why are you fearful for you of little faith
0: then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea and there was a great calm so the men